This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Through Jim's passion for personal development and family enrichment, he was discovering and putting into practice the principles, values, and beliefs that make a life full of peace, joy, purpose, and love possible. 20 years ago, he wrote a definition of a successful family. A successful family is one whose members speak with respect, honor difference, provide a nurturing environment, empower each other, and truly enjoy being together. They have a knack for really enjoying and appreciating the good times, while at the same time, they can effectively deal with any difficult issues that come their way. There is a sense of peace, joy, warmth, and love within their home. While Jim's family doesn't always meet this definition, they experience it more often than not. Most importantly, when they start to drift away from this ideal or they are confronted with a new obstacle, Jim knows how to lead them back. Now, he finds himself at a point in his life where he is being called to share what he has learned during his life as a father and a husband. So Jim founded the Family Enrichment Academy as a vehicle to fulfill this calling. The mission of the Family Enrichment Academy is to share 40 years of lessons and hard-earned wisdom, to empower parents to be the hero within their families, to teach the principles, values, and beliefs that will lead to a life and a family full of peace, joy, warmth, and love. Jim's first priority is to guide families along their second journey, the journey of fulfillment. His lifetime of study and experience as a husband and parent has taught him that this is where miracles happen. Valeria interviews Jim White. He is the author of How to Be the Parent Your Teenager Needs You to Be Without All the Fighting, Frustration, or Fear of Doing It Wrong. Jim White is an author, coach, and founder of the Family Enrichment Academy. He has been married for 40 years and has six children as well as 12 grandchildren. His background as a family enrichment coach and life experience provide a unique perspective on parenthood. His book, How to Be the Parent Your Teenager Needs You to Be, is his second book on parenting. Meet Jim at FamilyEnrichmentAcademy.com. Here's the interview with Jim White. In your own words, who is Jim White? Well, that's a uh, that's a great question. So I would say, you know, I'm a father and a husband. I have been for a long time. That's part of how I identify myself. Um, and my wife and I have been married. It's come, going on 42 yes. years <laughs> now. Um, we have six six children and now have 13 mm-hmm. grandchildren. So 
obviously that whole role is a big part of who I am. And the other piece is really somebody that's always pursued and had an interest in personal development and just growth. You know, how can I grow and learn and become a better person? And I've always had this interest in perspective and mindset and trying to because it, it, it just affects everything and to try to be more love based and, you know, really try to choose that for myself. And so part of my of who I am is somebody that hopefully takes a little bit of a stand, if you will, for choosing a loving perspective and try to set that example, you know, for my family. But then that's part of this work, too, is how can I share that idea and vision with other people as well? So it's it's all about you know trying to be as love grounded in love as possible is really um, my ultimate goal and it's 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 a mm. journey i mean we never really <laughs> fully get there it's 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 an ongoing process because things continually sort of throw us right. off of that and pull us back into um more of a fearful mm. mindset but that's yeah. why it's a journey it's just an ongoing process and we'll probably it's it's all about striving mm. to get there um, knowing that you probably will never get it perfect at the same time. Oh, wow. So. Ah, that's beautiful. I have to use that same word. Ah, I was about to ask you, like, what's the goal of personal growth? You know, what's the destination if there is one? But you just mentioned love. Yeah, which if you don't mind, I might share a little bit of my message yeah. to parents is around the idea of a hero's right. two journeys. And um, for your audience that's not familiar with that idea, it's a storytelling technique that's used a lot in movies and books and what have you. But the premise is that the main character is on two different journeys. The first journey is the journey of accomplishment. You know, there's some task that they're trying to accomplish. But then the second journey is all focused around internal transformation. You know, it's their journey to become a better mm -hmm. person. Mm -hmm. And I love using that with parents and for myself because all of us are the heroes within our own stories and we are pursuing those two journeys as well. And a lot of times what happens is our focus is so we're so centered on that outside journey and the task that we have to accomplish or the goals that we're trying to accomplish that we really don't give much attention to that second journey, which is that journey of fulfillment or mm -hmm. transformation. And I always suggest to parents that that's really where the miracles happen. And that should be the first priority is how can we move ourselves along that journey of transformation? Mm -hmm. And if you, as you do that, the outside stuff, those other tasks and goals tend to take mm -hmm. care of themselves. True. And so it's, you know, it's a big part of the work that I do is, is having people be more intentional about that second journey or that journey mm. of fulfillment. Yes, I love that. I read that within the information you sent me, and that makes a lot of sense. So because everything starts with us, we can really try to change right. the world or change anything without changing ourselves first. It's something that most of us don't really understand, but it's, it's crucial, isn't it, Jim? It is, absolutely. And that perspective, I, I love the idea of perspective because it implies it's the way you see right. the world. And so if we see the world through mm. loving eyes, it looks mm. different to us. Yeah. And when it looks different to us, we tend to respond and mm. act differently. When we see it through fearful eyes, we're going to respond and act mm. differently. And then you could be looking at the exact same circumstance and have two completely different responses and two completely different right. experiences 
based on how you are seeing that mm. circumstance. Yeah. Um, which is why I love to kind of to encourage people to think about it from the standpoint of perspective. Or sometimes we'll use the idea of mindset. You know, what is, how are you looking at this situation and how mm. else can you look yes. at it? Yes, yes. And you know, that brings me into a question that I didn't plan here. I usually do some homework and I have all these questions, but then they go out of the window listening to you. So you had six children. So I'm wondering, when did you kind of establish this wisdom of being loving throughout that journey with your six kids? Well, it's an ongoing process. And I would say that it it was always there as part of the process. And then like, you know, sometimes when I tell parents, you know, it's about being more love based, it's sometimes they say, well, I do love my children. And that's mm. not what I'm saying. And we know that there's right. love in your heart right. for your children. The question is, in this moment right now, how are you responding out mm. of that love or something else? Mm. Are you responding? And the, and the alternative is more right. fearful. And I would right. say for me, you know, from the time our first child was born, and actually with that first one, you tend to be uh, more fearful because it's yeah. it's new, right? It's different. And you're not, you know, I don't know if I've got what it takes and I don't want right. to lose them in the yes. mall. And, you know, don't want to don't want to <laughs> drop them in the bathroom. You know, all of yes. that kind of stuff is there. Yes. Um, but it's it's it it just sort of grows mm. from that. And it's interesting, the it it's part of what you then teach your children. You know, we I we wanted our children to not to go through life being fearful. We wanted them to have that love based mindset. So when they went out and engaged with the world, they did mm. it from that place. Because to me, ultimately, what we want for our children is for them to experience peace, right. joy, and purpose. That's the three I mm. kind of focus on, yeah. and that all starts with being love based. And it you know, as our children grew they would have a circumstance that would, you know, challenge them. You know, maybe they tried out for the school play and didn't make it. And so there's that disappointment that goes with that. And that then you start to have that fear of not being good enough and not fitting in. You know, those fears start to creep up. And so then it's, okay, how can I support them and empower them to see beyond that and reconnect with the love that they have in their heart for themselves and for just the world and the way they engage with the world. So it's been a journey. So there wasn't like a a specific moment for me. Now, back to your original question, it wasn't like there was just one moment that was like, oh, there it is. It's, It's always been there, and it's just continued to be a challenge as we've gone through, um, We'll actually, my oldest child is now 38, so I've been a parent for yeah. 38 years. Yeah. Um, and yet we still, yeah. it's interesting, you never stop yes. being a parent. Right. And there's always some new challenge or new circumstance that you didn't, you couldn't have imagined, you know, before that pops up. And it's, it, it pushes you to uh, continue to develop that ability to be intentional about choosing love. So it's just been an ongoing process for me. And I was, for, I'm not sure whether it's just my wife and I, our dynamic, but that's always been there in mm. my awareness that there was this choice yes. to make between fear and love. Mm. And so it was something I was always working on. And my wife as well. I mean, we do together. Yes, yes. So. you did answer my question. So yeah, what I meant about establish is basically establishing that love as a guiding principle. Because there is a moment, I remember a moment in time 
that that happened more profoundly, per se, more powerfully, where it stayed longer, that flavor, that perfume of remembrance. Right. I mean, I love that, uh, the love-based mindset or living a loving life coming from love because it is an option. I absolutely agree. So right. I'm wondering if the process of that is more of, of healing, healing what blocks love or basically remembering that we have that option. Yeah, I'm wondering how do you see that within the process? Yeah, it's, I, I, I like the words yeah. healing um, as well as remembering because I agree. I think it's always yeah. in there. Inside of us, we have that love. It's, it's just a matter of whether or not mm, we're connected yeah. to it. Um, and so part of when you say healing, it's like bridging that gap and reconnecting to that. And, you know, I always, I share with people that love has amazing healing attributes. And I, I share that with parents because sometimes they'll have their relationship with their child or with their parents, for example, may feel so broken that it's like they don't have any hope that it can ever come back and be healed. And I but it can, you know, mm. love can heal mm. everything. Yeah. And so it's a matter of kind of taking a stand yeah. for that. So, you know, the healing's good, remembering's good as far as a way to view it. But then I also like the idea yeah. of choice. I, I I share with parents that you have a choice. And actually one of the processes that I share in the stuff in the subject that I teach is a process for making a shift from a fearful mindset to a love-based yeah. mindset. And the first step in that is awareness. Mm. You have to be aware that you're be, that you're viewing the circumstance right. from a fearful place. And I always encourage the parents to, to use and tune into what they're yes. experiencing as the signal. So if they're experiencing frustration, disappointment, anger, you know, any of those kinds of experiences are a signal that you're viewing the circumstance from a fearful mindset. And so if you feel that, it should be a sign for you to create a pause. That's the mm, next step. Okay, yeah. there's a pause. And then in that pause, you have a choice. You can say to you, I even, you know, I say, say to yourself, I have a choice in how I'm going to view this circumstance. Even mm. say it out loud sometimes can really help because then you can say, I can choose to see it from a fearful which yeah. is the way I'm seeing it, or I can choose to see it from a loving right. perspective. And just knowing that you have that choice opens up the possibility of seeing it differently. And then the, the next steps that I share with them is if they do decide that they want to view it from a love-based perspective, the first step is to introduce some forgiveness and compassion. Mm. You know, who do I need to yeah. forgive here? What, how, if I look from compassionate eyes, right. what do I see? Next step is to introduce some gratitude. You know, what about this circumstance can I be grateful for? What, you know, what is there to be grateful for? What can I learn? You know, those kinds of yeah. questions. And then the final step is more of an action step is, you know, how can I make a difference yes. here? Um, yes. So, but back yes. to your original, you know, there's choice, I think, is another piece of it. So it's like choosing to remember yes. in some cases. Mm -hmm. Or choosing to allow love in so that then mm. it can heal and, you know, and bridge that gap yes. also. Um, so, yeah, that's how I would add to what you were what you were saying. Yes, I do hear a lot of that. I have been doing this 
work here with the podcast, writing my books and all that for a reason. I have been through as a child a lot of trauma, so I have not really, I never had this connection, loving connection with my parents, only as an adult after I have right. done a lot of healing work. So right. that perspective, unfortunately, I don't have of being a parent or being parented in a loving way. But by being in contact with so many amazing people, mostly therapists, almost like having therapy <laughs> by doing these interviews. And also because I come from a perspective that's more towards spirituality. That's my foundation. Right. So I hear that a lot, the idea of becoming aware and that's true. I think we are always aware, though, because that's what really, when I see, you know, what is to be a human being? What is this called life? What's, what is this actually happening right now? It's, to me, it's being aware. I'm aware of my own voice speaking right now, of you here on the screen. I can see you. I can hear you. So with the senses, I can be aware of so much. But there's something else that I have been uncovering for myself as I go is being open. I notice that the more open right. the mind, my mind is, the more I become aware of the possibility of, of having choices in the first place. Because I come right. from a place of a PTSD, of really disconnection. It was really sad for most of my life. So now I see that then I didn't, I didn't feel like I had a choice, Jim. It was almost like I couldn't, right. I couldn't be open to anything that had to do with anything else but my own suffering within the world of past, of trauma. So I couldn't see anything past that. So right. today I feel like being, it has helped me a lot to be open to the possibilities that there, there are choices that I can make. And then for me, what has helped a lot too is to work on courage because I used to be so afraid of everything that now becoming aware and open of the, these choices then opens the possibility too of becoming more courageous and going past fear. Right. So I don't know. How do you see that? That's my own, has been my own experience. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a, I, the other way I would throw or describe it, you know, it's interesting how mm. language, yeah. you know, we all use different <laughs> words to represent something that yes. we're going through. And that's where you know, my voice may resonate with one person and some other people it may not. And the same right. thing with your voice and what in any huh. of your other guests, it's all about, we're kind of talking around <laughs> yes. the same thing, but it's the language that we use and just how it mm. connects with people. Yeah. But, um, you know, you talk about, you know, being closed off versus yeah. being open. I, I also would throw out the idea of it's almost becomes like a conditioned mm. habit you know, we view a circumstance through, a, we've been conditioned to right. see it a certain oh, way yeah. Um, yeah. in your, in your family. And that's why I would say like in our family, part of what we do as parents is we teach our children how mm, to see yes. the world. And yes. you think that we're teaching them values and beliefs about how mm. the world works. And in effect, we're kind of conditioning mm. them mm. and setting them up for how yes. they're going to see things. Yes. And Interestingly, what happens a lot of times is as a parent, we just pass on the way we were conditioned right. when we were a child. And so there's no, that's where I, I would introduce, there's mm. no choice in it. It's just the right. way it's always been. And it's the way we have right. always seen things. And so the idea of introducing, and you said, you know, to open up yes. to the possibility is like opening up yes. to, I have a choice here. 
or you know oh, how mm. else can I look at this to sort of right. break that habit? I, I love a lot of times I use the analogy of health yes. and wellness with people because yeah. they kind of get yeah. that. I mean, if your habit is every night at it, you know, before you go to bed, you go to the refrigerator, open it up, get a snack. You know, that's a habit that you've been conditioned yes. to do. And if you want to become healthier, you have to develop some awareness and be intentional about choosing to not do that going forward. And it's sort of the same thing around this whole idea of mindset and how we view the world. That's where it all starts from a parenting standpoint is you can start with how do I view it? being intentional about being love-based in the way that I engage with the world, including the way I engage with my children. But it's, I'll use it as an example. I always tell parents, your children are always yes. watching you. Yeah. And so if I go to the coffee shop and I get angry and upset and engage with the barista negatively, I'm teaching my child that in that moment. Yeah. You know, they're seeing yeah. me do that and they're seeing that is the way you behave when, what, you know, somebody right. gets your order wrong, <laughs> whatever it might be. Or do I engage with compassion mm -hmm. and forgiveness in that same moment? And then that's what I'm teaching right. my child. So it's that conditioning that we're doing. And as we all know, it's hard yes. to break habits it's hard to break that conditioning down. And that's part of what, you know, what you've experienced is in your adult life, you've been trying to, you know, break those habits and recondition your yes. mindset to see your childhood and your relationship with your parents yes. differently. Um, and yes. when you see it differently, that opens right. up all kinds of possibilities then for how it can yes. move forward. Yes, yes, yes. A billion times to that. Yes. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. Being able to see the possibility that we can do, we can see the world differently. We can see ourselves differently. We can see everything differently by those lens. Yes, that has been my journey. It's into the spiritual realms that has been my door. Right. So it, what do you, the way you speak to Jim, it sounds very spiritual to me. Talk to me about spirituality. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, you know, I'm around the edges of it. For sure. Um, because, you know, when you're love based, to me, that's a spiritual conversation. Um, I would, you know, and so, yes, there's certainly elements there. And, and that I would, the way I would describe it is that that love, it's almost like a life force within us, which is, again, more of a spiritual concept. You know, we have this energy within us that's life. And I would my view of it is that that's energy is it's a loving energy. And so part of what we're trying to do is stay connected to that and let that guide us again, to use some spiritual, you know, like intuition is guided by that loving energy and that loving wisdom that's there. And it, you know, a lot of times we are, we experience disconnect from that. And so you could throw out the idea of an ego. I mean, when we see ourselves from that ego perspective, it's just me as a body and not mm. me as a spiritual mm. being. Yeah. Um, and that ego is disconnected from that loving yes. energy. Yes. And so, yeah, definitely there's spiritual components yeah. to it. Because then, you know, to me, that's, again, back to the peace, yes. joy, and purpose and feeling connected, um, 
And actually, I tell parents a lot this, you know, part of their goal is for, you know, to build connection with their children so that their children feel seen for who they are and loved Mm, unconditionally, which if you think about it, that's a message of spirituality as well. It's being loved unconditionally without judgment. You are perfect Mm, as you are. And yet you are an individual as Mm, you are as well. And so, you know, being able to, to give that gift to your child to where they feel that from the Mm. parent is just super Mm. powerful. Um, And so that's, you know, that's, there certainly are spiritual Mm. threads through, um, you know, the work that I do. Yeah, I do feel that way. And you're right, you said earlier about language. So we have all these words that we use, but it's really when we come to understand the perspective of what love is from experience is the same thing, isn't it? I know I have a yeah. question here about asking you, I would love to ask you about what love is to you, but you just said it, unconditional love. Which, can I share a little bit on that? Because it's actually something I address in um, my book for parenting teenagers, um, because we use that word love, essentially you said it, because I almost describe, you know, we use that word to represent many different things. And one of those things is a lot of times people think of love as like an emotion. It's something that they, it's an emotional feeling that they have. But love is also, I like to describe it as like an energy. It's, it's, it's more of a noun. It's a thing, if you will. And, it's, and we connect to that. And as we connect to that, it gives us that life energy. That's where it comes from. And it gives us wisdom as well. And by in, in and actually in the book, I am I describe it like a radio mm. signal. <laughs> if you think about it, when you have a your radio, you can dial mm. into different yes. stations, and that signal is always yes. there. But it's a question of which one right. do you tune into. And I would I throw out to parents. I said the idea that, that loving signal is always there, you know, ready to support you and give you perspective. But it's a question of have you chosen to tune into it or not? And it it's, you know, viewing, you know, and it's, we talk about compassion and gratitude and abundance. I mean, those are all attributes of a loving perspective. Um, and the more we tune into that station, the more we then experience those, have that experience, and then it impacts how we see the yes, world. And yes, so, absolutely. Um, I love you. Yeah, I didn't mention the book. This will be right from the get-go to your bio and the book information, the, the link to Amazon. So the title is How to Be the Parent Your Teenager Needs You to Be. So I love how you say that too. So the subtitle is Without All the Fighting, Frustration, or Fear of Doing It Wrong. So you go back to the fundamental truth that in order to teach something, to pass on something, we have to have we have to have some ground in that. So when you speak of giving your, our children unconditional love, is it something that's coming from us as a parent, right, Jim? Like you feel unconditionally loved as well, because it's the only way you can give that feeling or that energy to anyone else. Yeah. And it's, I love the way you said that too, because I would describe it as we all have that within us. And, and actually, as a parent, think of it this way, uh, or as a person, 
the more I stay connected to the love within me, I'm not really giving it Mm. to my child. What I'm doing is I'm reminding mm. them and pointing them mm. towards the love they already ah, have within better. them. Yes, that's it. <laughs> yeah. And so yes. it's more like you're guiding mm. them and steering them towards that that is already ah. within them. Because mm. part of what the goal mm. is that if when I am not around, I want them to still experience that because it's they they're in touch with what they already have, you know, and what's inside of them. And so that's why for me as a parent, it's important for me to get in touch with that because then again, I can demonstrate it and point, you know, I sort of set that example. So it benefits me and it benefits the child at that point. Um, so that's, you know, that it, it's, it's a roundabout way. We don't, it's interesting. I don't know that you give love to somebody else. You just help them get in touch with what wow. they already have. Ah, that's profound. Um, is another way yes. of looking well, at to it. Mean that's, Ah, that's the way to look at it. <laughs> yes, huh? yeah, that makes yeah. so much sense. I love the, how clear you are about that. That's 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 really profoundly spiritual. Which uh, I've got a. Can I tell a quick little yeah, fun story? Sure. <laughs> um, you're, yeah, sure. Some of your listeners, and I don't know if you're familiar yeah. with Wayne Dyer's work. Yes, yes. There was I. I can't remember if it was in a book or somewhere. Somewhere I, he had this story about a a spiritual saint that was speaking to a crowd and the, somebody from the crowd asked him, he says, you know, do you have access to some kind of a special love or do you know about a love that we don't know about? And the, the saint's response was, no, the love I have within me is exactly the same as what you have within you. He said, the difference between me and you is that I don't have anything else inside of me. And so, you know, pointing the, you know, and and I like to share with parents, we have these two competing mindsets. We have a fearful mindset and a loving mindset. And Mm. so we have these two things in there Mm. and it's a question of, okay, which, where am I coming from or which one am I choosing? But, you know, if you could be purely spiritual and you, you would completely eliminate that (laughs) fearful component and all you would have is love. That's all that would be left. Then. Yes, and in this case, it goes back to what you said earlier. Then there would there will be no need for the process because yes. it's already here, has been here, and it's complete. It's whole. Right. There's right. nothing to be added or removed from. Right. Ah, that's amazing. So I guess my next question is about fear. What are the main causes of the fear-based mindset with living in fear? What causes that? You know, I would say there's. It's really one or two. When I work with parents, I describe two fundamental fears that we all have and that their children are dealing with. And the first one, which is really, if I had to say there was one, it's this one, is the fear of being alone or disconnected or isolated. You know, that's our biggest fear. And when we feel that disconnect, we start to see the world from a fearful place and then it makes us act in ways that aren't necessarily productive. We get defensive or we get a, you know, you do all this stuff, but then related to that is the fear of not being good enough. Mm. And to me, that's where they all, every fear that you describe starts Mm. there at those two. Now we have different, you know, you may say, well, I'm afraid I'm I'm not going to make, you know, 
the team I want to make or whatever, but that's really a fear of not being good enough. Or, you know, a, a child, because I'll talk about anxiety with parents, you know, the child's afraid to go to school, you know, or they have anxiety about going to school. Well, it, it, when you peel it back, it's about not feeling like they're not going to belong or they're not good enough. Those, to me, those are the two fundamental fears. And, and, and to connect that, when I, when I work with parents, I have three key elements to the, the parenting framework that I share with parents. The first one is what we've been talking a ton about, which is the parent adopting that love-based mindset. But then what then the next step is to really be intentional about building connection with your child and that building connection addresses that fear of not belonging. And so like I'll share with parents, if, if you build a really strong connection with your child, they take that with them when they go out into the world. And so when they walk into the school cafeteria and they don't see any of their friends and they start to have that fear of not belonging, Mm they know they still belong at home. They Mm. still have that connection there. And that gives them a line of defense, if you will, against that fear. Right. So connection is critical. But then the next thing after that is to be a source of empowerment. Mm. I really try to work with parents about empowering their children to be their absolute best. And and that goes to that fear of not being good enough. Mm. And and then, and then back to what I mentioned, those two journeys, yeah. the empowerment journey, it's about how do I help them accomplish a goal or a task, which is that journey of accomplishment. Right. But then along with that, how am I helping them move along the journey of fulfillment, mm. which is teaching them to be more love-based, for mm. example, yeah. and you know, view the world from that perspective, which is really the gift that you can give the child. Mm. So when they go yeah. out into the world, they have that, that perspective. But Back to your original question, the two fundamental fears are not belonging or being alone and isolated and not being good enough. Wow. Ah, I love your work. (laughs) I love everything about you, what you do. I mean, your life, you know, as I think I said off record, so I am married, but I never had children. And probably has to do with my past too of not having the reference for being a parent. So probably something in me, the body itself chose not to. Not that I was opposing to it or trying not to, but it just never happened. Right. But then I'm trying to bring this all together in a sense of us as as humans. We do feel that way. All of the sense of belonging. We are looking, we are always very much looking for that. And then... And then this fear of, of the fear of not being enough also right. comes yeah. in. So it's a human, it's a universal really type of absolutely. journey, isn't it? It is, absolutely. And, you know, the, those three same fundamentals apply to your marriage. They apply to yes. your relationship mm-hmm. with a sibling that you might yeah. have or anybody out there, your next door neighbor. I mean, if you can stay love-based, yes. you know, work to build connection and empower them to be their absolute best, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that applies across all relationships. Right. To me, it's just, they're just fundamental elements um, that we can apply everywhere we go. Yes. Yes, Jim. And especially for people like myself and parents like me who have have come from trauma, parenting ourselves is, is really important. So I learned to do that too, to become right. my own mother and father per se. Right. And that that was a big one. 
in the, the healing journey that I signed up for. So yes, everything that you speak of, especially this, the fundamental message about the love-based, not just mindset. I love to think that, yeah, perhaps the, the mind's following the heart, right? There's something about the mind as a tool guiding us. So because the mind seems to be a thinking thing, right. a thinking tool, it just doesn't stop thinking and bringing in new things. But if we have that somehow the filter of love, then wow, what a what a wonderful life. Um, yeah, we, absolutely. We could all and it's, live. And it's, it's the everyday challenge is yes. trying to keep that filter on and, and, and see the world through those loving eyes. Yes. Um, and like I say, every day, and I mentioned this before, there's new circumstances and, you know, situations that pop up that challenge that, you know, that cause you to feel disconnected. And, um, and they'll cause your child to feel disconnected. And so then it's a matter of, okay, leaning back in and trying to rebuild. And you mentioned earlier, heal. Yes, like you're healing that connection then. Um, but that's a choice and we have to, and, and part of the goal is to have that become the default or the habit. Mm, yes. You know, we start to yeah. seeing the world from a loving perspective becomes the habit. Yes. And we less yeah. frequently fall into that fearful mindset. Um, right. So it's so. important to be willing to do the work, isn't it? Because I don't know, I, d I don't really think that we... Uh, have the power to control the world or people. What we don't want to do that too, right, Jim? We don't want to try to make everybody else, including our children, kind of come from that place. I know that's something that I have tried with my own relationships, seeing my family, my own husband, you know, behaving in a certain way, sometimes being unkind, and I'm always constantly trying to shift that. But at some point, it be became very clear to me that life is. It has a lot to do with freedom. It's always exercising freedom. And I think that's what I connect with love. Say, okay, so if I am love, it allows everything to be exactly as it is. And right. it's not trying to change anything or forcing anything to change. Yeah. And I would, I would add to that, that love is very attractive. Mm -hmm, yeah. And if you stay yeah. love-based, yeah. you draw people in. Right. And another interesting mm. distinction that yeah. I would, you know, based on what you just said that I would share with you and your audience that I love sharing with parents, because parents a lot of times will come to me and they'll say, you know, my child is misbehaving or there's bad behavior by the child. And I like to share the idea that all of that bad behavior is really just a call for love. It's a signal. It's in what they're saying to you is that, I'm afraid. I don't feel connected. I don't feel valued. And, the, and that energy has to come out somehow. And it comes out as bad behavior. Right. Yes. And so if, uh -huh. as a parent, if we uh -huh. see that bad behavior and we see it as a call for love, we respond differently right. than trying to control. A lot of times mm. what parents do is they want to control the behavior. Yes. And typically they do it by trying to introduce fear into right. the situation. Yes. You know, they, they, they have the child be fearful yes. of a punishment or a consequence right. as a way to try to control or manipulate the behavior. Right. And the alternative is to see it as a cry for help. It's a call for help. Mm. And to, you go in with compassion and concern about them as a person and how can I help you heal, back to your words, 
and as you as as that child feels that connection and they feel empowered, the bad behaviors just go away. Right. Yes. So it's 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 an interesting twist, and sometimes it's a hard one for parents to make that transition from control Mm. to empowerment. Yes. The other side of that, you know, we want to let go of the need to control it and Mm. really focus more on empowering them Mm. and empowering the child to develop and connect with love-based principles, values, and beliefs. Yes. Because as they do that, yeah, things just start working a lot better. Yes. Beautifully said. Yes, yes, yes. A billion times to that. Again, we use different words. I guess my, I'm very much interested in the depth of life itself. So sometimes it can become philosophical, but it's very much practical and real from my perspective because right. I live that every day, every moment. Yeah. But I know when using words, not the same thing. It's interesting in this dance, right? You know, trying to explain things with words. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for keep coming back to the, you know, to what you do and teaching as a coach. Let me just go back here. It's not just a coach. I love the way there's a word that you use for it. I'm trying to find it. You are, oh, here. Yeah. Family Enrichment Academy coach or family enrichment coach. I think that's the label, right? Right. Yeah. I love that word too, enrichment. Yeah. And it's a, it's an ongoing process. Yeah, right. See, that's being open, isn't it? Yeah. It goes back to that open perspective of not being fixed on anything. Because I do think as well, from my own perspective, the more fixed I become with certain ideas and belief systems, the more I tend to suffer or find myself stuck somewhere, trying to, almost obsessed about certain, certain things. And then I always find that to be every time the mind's obsessed around something and the fear will come in has to do with those underlying belief systems that I, you know, I believe in something. I, there's something here that's fixed, a thought that I, I made myself the honor of. <laughs> I right. own, I'm the, the owner of this thought. And that right. was, that has become a problem. So I, I know that from my own experience to be open. So I appreciate you being open too, Jim. <laughs> yeah. That's wonderful. So we almost at the end. I do want to mention Gosh, the, I love the way you define a successful family. That was 20 years ago, I believe. You said a successful family is one whose members speak with respect, honor difference, provide a nurturing environment, empower each other, and truly enjoy being together. There is a sense of peace, joy, warmth, and love within their home. So you said more than that, but for some reason, this section caught my attention. Do you still define a successful family the same way? In the same yeah, way? absolutely. I, and, I, and again, it's a continuum. It's, it's about, and I've mentioned peace, joy, and purpose. I mean, that's what we want to experience. And so in a, any given day, think of it this way, how many of the minutes are we experiencing that peace, joy, and purpose, and how many are we not? And the goal is to move up the continuum, if you will, if it's a 50-50 situation within your particular family, you know, how tomorrow can we have, you know, 51% of the minutes be peace, joy, you know, filled with peace, joy, and purpose, and the, you know, for only 49 fearful. And so it's it's an ongoing process. Um, and it's, you know, I talked about, you know, I described in that some of the attributes, you know, speaks with respect, honor, differences. And then another piece of that 
that's there is the idea of being able to handle difficult circumstances, you know, Mm, just being able to respond in a loving way that allows you to return back to that peace, joy, and purpose as quickly as possible. Yes. Um, Because things happen, you know, it's, they just do. And it's a matter of, okay, how much, how long do I then spend in a fearful, struggling mindset Versus how long do I t- does it take me to recover? Actually, to, to go back to the health and wellness analogy, if you think about a heart test, you know, the doctor puts you on a treadmill and has you run and they stress your body and then they have you sit down and say, how long does it take you to recover to get back to that resting heart rate? It's sort of the same thing. Mm-hmm, right. Yeah. You know, your child uh-huh. goes off to school yeah. and they get a bad grade on a test. It's like a, you know, it's like a punch in the gut, if you will, and it knocks them off their game. How long does it take them to recover and get Mm -hmm. back to where they can then regain that peace, joy, and purpose and be able to move forward? So it's, um, it's Mm. just, but yes, Mm. you know, to me, that still fits as the, the goal or the target that we're after. Yes. And the quicker we can return to peace, joy, love, that's a huge sign, isn't it? That we are coming yeah, from is. that place of love. Yeah. It is conditioning. You know, it's it's being able to do that. It becomes conditioning. Yes. Yeah. And you see, when you say conditioning, it makes us, you know, think about ways of being, like a certain set way, way of being. But the more I experience this life, I see that that's the fundamental nature of human beings. It is to be loving. It yeah, is absolutely. to connect with one another. That's yeah. that really, really feels that way to me more, now more than any other time. Yes, from from all that I have been through and the experiences I have speaking with people like yourself. Right. Here's an here's an interesting belief that I share with parents yeah. that I work with. When you look from a loving perspective, what you see is that everybody is fundamentally good. It's the way I would just, you know, they're, they're love, they have that love inside them. Interesting, when you look from a fearful perspective, when you see other people, you typically say, oh, I see them as being bad or they're flawed in some way. And the, and the interesting little turnabout with that is if I'm viewing the world that way and it's the other person is fundamentally bad or flawed, I can't have that thought without thinking it about myself as well. You know, it, it runs full circle. But if I start to see other people as being fundamentally good and having love within them, then it brings back the possibility that that's me as well. Right. Yes. You know, so it's, it's yes. there's, a, there's a circular nature to that. For sure. In a sense that everything is connected. It's interconnected, connected right. already. Right. It, it's just being aware of that, right? Returning to that yeah. connectivity. Yeah. How wonderful. Thank you so much again. Jim, for doing what you do, for being you. It's just incredible how open you are to the possibilities of doing what you do, not just as a coach, but before that, as a parent. You very much, I mean, I just was looking on your website, I believe, and then I saw you because you also offer speaking engagements. You go out there and you speak to people. So it was just like, my God, how wonderful to see people coming from that place of Tapping into your nature, your true nature. Yeah, and that's absolutely. what I saw when I, when I watched you on that well, video. Well, I, appreci- I appreciate that. Thank you. 
truly beautiful. So I wanted to also mention before we say goodbye for today, I do have a question for you here at the end, but I want to mention the offer, generosity to offer a PDF that provides 10 questions to never ask because they are conversation killers. And then you include 10 great questions that are conversation starters. So I have the link here and this link will be on the podcast notes. I'll have your book linked to Amazon, your website, and I also have the free gift. On your services, I want to mention too, let's see, one-on-one coaching for parents, speaking engagement, and you also host a podcast titled How to Be the Parent Your Child Needs You to Be. Did I miss anything, Jim, Hugh? Yeah, and I have a, an online course as well. Yeah, and, and that's actually something that's been relatively new. I've taken a lot of the, you know, just the work that I've done and, and tried to distill it into a course for people because sometimes they're just, you know, they're not um, ready to do that one-on-one coaching, let's say, um, but it's a way to, you know, share information with people as well. And it's called H2J. Remember I mentioned here's oh, yeah, two yeah. journeys. The yeah. H2J parenting fundamentals is uh-huh. the, is the course as well. Okay. So I will have that too as a link. Yeah. I did Perfect. see that on your website. For some reason, I don't have you on my notes, but I will go back to that. Thank you for mentioning. Yeah. yeah. HJ2. I do have, I, I saw that on your website. So, I do have the ending question for you, but before that, would you like to add anything else that you left unsaid or read a, a, ma- a passage in your book? Um, I, I think w- one thing I would share, and you've alluded to it a couple of times, is that the first step in this process is just being open, or is what you, the word you would describe or use, um, but I would describe it as having a growth mindset. Mm. And so if mm. parents, yeah. they, if they adopt that growth mindset, which means they open up to the right. possibility of growing mm. and learning, yes. it, you know, you can't really do anything until you've made that step. Mm. And so, yeah. you know, if there's, and I've had other interviews I've done when they said, oh, if there's one thing you could tell pe- people, uh, yeah. what would it be as well? Oh. You got to open up first. And that's, and then that allows you to step into the, the growth and learning process. Yes. And, uh, and you mentioned it as well. You use the word open, you know, to yeah. open yourself up. Yes. Yes. That because has been my experience because I listen to, I read a lot and I listen to a lot of people, but in the end, I need to go back to my own experience. What right. has, has, has been helping me to grow, to see the world differently in myself. So that has been, for some reason, keeps coming back as a, as a guiding principle, as a message. Yeah, so absolutely. yeah, thank you for saying that too. We're just using different words, but yes, right. I see you being the message, not just delivering the message, but being right. it. And that's what really counts. As you said, children or anybody, really, we're all watching one another, you know, to see. Right. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. We are, we are so connected that in a way to feel, but that sense of not being connected in a way it, it ends when we, we start kind of see what, what, what we share, what we have in common. So when there's something about love that we all know. It's very intuitive. I know we don't have, we don't even, even to, need to talk about it. It's there already. But there's something about action, behaving in a certain way that, ah, that makes a huge difference. And I have seen that too. So, yeah, thank you so much again for sharing this profound wisdom again and again. I mean, I, I, can, I cannot uh, help it, but every time the mind listens to it, it opens up a little bit more too in this moment. There's something about being reminded. I think that's what it is for the mind. 
So my last question to you, Jim, is this one. What three experiences you wish everyone to have before they die? <laughs> well, that's a big, deep one, isn't it? Ah, yes. So, <laughs> yes. Um, I, I, well, one that we've kind of alluded to is just to have that experience of being truly connected to someone else. You know, where there's none of the interference, if you will, that tends to get between us as people. And it doesn't happen very often, but we sometimes have those moments. And it's interesting for me, my personal experience is when I have those moments where I'm really in the presence of that loving energy that I described, it's overwhelming. I really, it, you know, I cry. I just have this feeling that's just overwhelming when that happens. And my wish for everybody is that they would have an opportunity to experience that, hopefully, multiple times. Uh-huh, and yeah. it's just, um, uh-huh. it's, 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 sometimes it catches you off guard. It happens when you're not expecting it. Yeah. But again, we have to be open to it mm. and, allow, and allow it to happen and allow mm. And in some ways, it's being vulnerable. Yeah. Because you know, in order to experience that, you got to kind of really yeah. open yourself up yes. to being vulnerable in mm. that moment as well. So, yeah. yes. I don't know, maybe I'm going to take your three things and, and just distill it down to one. that one <laughs> really key moment, which is to have those moments that really remind us, you know, to you mm. again, where you it reminds us of who we really are mm. and the possibility of being connected yeah. and what love is really feels like mm. and what that experience is like. Mm. Um so just that's what I would wish that everybody could have on an ongoing basis. Mm, yes, yes. Another billion, t- billion yeses to that. Yes, yeah. You know, I do a lot of uh, talking with the podcast and all, but I feel like there's something that we need more than just information and more knowledge. We right. do need that energy. That you, you spoke of love as an energy, and it is yes. an energy. It's a very powerful energy. And that's where I say it's overwhelming when you yes. really let it in. It just like yes. it just it takes over your whole body. It's 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 an amazing experience. Yes, um, when it happens. Mm. So I yes. invite all of your audience <laughs> to be open to that possibility. <laughs> yes, you know, to to let it in. Yes, beautiful. Thank you so much again for the universal wisdom that you share. Uh, for being open yourself and from everything else in between <laughs> here. Thank you. Thank you, Jim, for your presence. Well, thank you. It's been an honor. And yes. I really appreciate the opportunity to uh, to share some of the wisdom I've gained over yeah. the years. Oh, my God. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Jim White and his work, please visit FamilyEnrichmentAcademy.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.